Happy Tuesday. Hello, everybody. It is May the 29th, 2018, 5778. And yes, we are back from Oregon after a marvelous trip of God moving and family loving. And it was amazing. Yes, it really was. We had such a sweet time together with with everyone there. We got to be in a, a part of Oregon we hadn't been in before, and uh, and then got to have some time with all of our our crew from Oregon and Washington, and it was just really amazing. Just a lot of relationship deepening, and um, just getting to experience a land through the eyes of of those who dwell there and then getting to to bring in our own experience as well so it was really amazing it was it was such a great time and Oregon is such a beautiful place oh yes Um, we we of course have always loved that state but getting to southern Oregon is a real eye-opener it is lush with hills mountains Trees. Of course, the ocean was nearby, and we didn't see it, but that, that's common. Um, apparently, the tribal nation that was originally from there didn't even know there was an ocean that close at all, um, and we didn't see it. But we did have a marvelous time, not only with the land and with Papa, but with our dear family there in Grants Pass and in Medford. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're so blessed to get to see Redmond and Portland. And then, wow, thank you for coming, Vancouver. <laughs> thank you for coming, Bonnie Lake. Thank you for coming, Anacortes. You guys are the best, and we did have a fabulous time. And, of course, with the light shining as bright as it did, our land missions were off the charts. So there will be more on that in August and uh, our time of fellowship was quite beautiful. And um, one of the things that's really cool, just to make a note of, is that we began to focus more on seeing ourselves as Kahal mm-hmm. than team. And Kahal, of course, is the community of kinsmen from the book of Numbers, Numbers 6, Numbers 10, and uh, the community of kinsmen who God has called together for a mighty purpose, and we definitely lived that this last week. So, a beautiful trip, and we're glad to be back home in Tulsa for all that Papa has next. Yes, we did have such sweet communion, and uh, we are happy to be home, and uh, it is May 29th. It feels a bit more like July 29th. It does. Um, It does. Very it's, warm. It's it's slightly <laughs> hot. I'm not sure what the temperature translation would be to Celsius, but we I think we hit a, a almost a hundred. We're almost mm-hmm. not at a hundred, but we're in the upper mid mid to upper nineties Fahrenheit, which is probably the mid thirties or so. Yeah. Or upper thirties. Celsius, so it's warm. Which is unusual for us in May very. here. It's very unusual. So I'm I'm having some memory recalls too. I think it was it was either eighty three or eighty six. I can't remember. Um I don't think it I was a senior yet, so it must have been eighty three, but 
we we had we lived in Texas and it was called the Texas heat wave mm-hmm. because we had so many days over 100 degrees and so everybody had t-shirts that said I survived the Texas heat wave and so I'm I'm believing we're not going to need t-shirts or bumper stickers or anything that says anything like that I'm just recalling that and how we did we did make it through. So We did. Yeah, we <laughs> but, absolutely did. Yeah, but we could just be having a little brush of heat just to get us looking forward to summer. Uh, we uh, finished school uh, for the year right before we went to Oregon. Uh, our girls, are they have some online classes they're completing, so they're working on those kind of on their own now. But we completed the school year for summer and then and then it it feels like summer so we're just getting the taste and see of summer and how much we like it when it's just sun shining and warm and the girls have been finding a way to swim every day um for the past few days and do we blame them they are they are they're just making the most of it so that's good they're not having to wait for uh the weather to warm up to swim we have uh Sonare, who has her birthday this Thursday, and she's turning 16, so that's a super big thing around here right now. But uh, we've often tried to plan a swim party for her in May, and we usually can't because it's just a little bit too cool still. So if she wants to swim on her birthday, we're ready for it. She can do it. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Well, and and so no fear because, because, you know, with God... We've had many Augusts where it got to be like 78 degrees, which is like 25 Celsius. Not bad at all for summer, but we'll see. Anyway, whatever it is, the barn will be ready as it is being painted on the inside this week and uh, and next week. And the parking lot has actually begun, which is a big, big deal. So lots happening here in sweet little Tulsa. And we are in our final days of construction projects here, we think. We are. We're, in our, <laughs> we're, we're, we're at the end of this season of remodeling here at our house in Nave. So we have rest ahead, yeah. and uh, which we have rest in our hearts, but right. there will be other rest. But we're looking forward to sitting out on the porch and enjoying the remainder of spring and the entrance into summer, whatever wait. that looks like. We cannot wait for that, in fact. Right. So it's just before us, and here it comes right now. So um, today, I was writing some letters, and I'll maybe have more on that later. But um, it led me to a quick journey into an old memory box, and it was there that I discovered a photograph that I realized was exactly 30 years ago. And it was a picture of me being baptized as an adult by the man who, oh, six years, six years after that, married me and Ma. Yay. Yay. And um, it just really struck a chord in me, this reminder of baptism, which we we don't want to see as as a requirement for covenant that we've already talked about Matthew 16, 16 and how God revealed to us that 
that was added later. It wasn't the original text of the book of Mark. Did I say Mark or Matthew? You said Matthew. Okay, I meant Mark. So Mark, at least you know I'm paying attention. You are paying attention. So Mark 16:16, 16, 16, not Matthew. Uh, Matthew's feeling really bad about this right now. But Mark, <laughs> sweet John Mark, who wrote the book of Mark in Mark 16:16, 16, 16, had uh, a a large part of that chapter was added later in a very different writing style, and um, the original texts and the oldest texts don't have it. And so we don't see baptism as a requirement for salvation, if you will. A covenant with God comes from the choice of belief, and the choice of belief is our acceptance of God's unconditional love through Christ Jesus. But baptism is a sign. It is an expression of something very precious to God, very precious to us. And so we love baptism, and it, it was such a beautiful reminder of that for me that um, we had the opportunity to be um, placed into the water and, and as an expression of coming from the water, as an expression of being born again, and also the mikvah, which prepares us for our wedding. And we, we know that this is so precious to God, and uh, I really feel like that he's brought this back for a reason. That, that there is a royalty to 30, um, which is a representation of our call in the house of David as royal priests, and that he sees us as being washed from the old life that we've had and stepping into the life that we have as maturing sons and daughters and even though we don't need to be baptized multiple times, I think I've been baptized three times in my life. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's beautiful because one time I was an infant, one time I was um, entering into a church, and that's that's how you entered in. And But the third time was me choosing to be baptized. And it was precious because at that time I felt like I was having a major life transformation that I really, really wanted to express publicly and got to do so. And so I encourage everyone to reread Terraforming Wedding, Chapter 1, which is Mikvah, or you can listen to the audio for free. But I feel like there is an expression for now that um, God is calling us to, to remember the choices that we've made, to remember how transformed we have been, and the invitation to the journey of transformation that we're being brought to a place of looking more and more like Jesus. And when we do that together, we truly will see greater works. We truly will do what Jesus cried out for this generation to do, what was so deep in his heart, and that was us becoming a bride, us becoming his completion, us taking Isaiah 61 right where he left off in verse 2 and continuing through verse 7 so that we would be those oaks of righteousness who see uh, the, the love of God spread across the earth. So that was really encouraging to me and I, I feel like I'm stepping into something right now and I hope everyone sees something in that too. Yeah, I hope um, you've all been telling your stories and hearing each other's stories. We talked about that a few um 
weeks ago on a podcast. And when we were in Oregon, people were sharing how they, they'd started telling their stories again. And so um, right before we left for Oregon, we got to record a lot of new videos for the website. But we also got to um, kind of tell our story in a unique way which if you're at August Rush, you'll get to experience. So you can look forward to that if you're coming. <laughs> I don't know how we would we would do it if you're not here, so we, we'll figure something out later. But, um, but just that place of remembering. So we together um, have been really retelling our stories even to each other um, because when we've told them to each other before, we've been in different seasons, just like when Jesus was talking to different people he was he was speaking to different seasons different locations different you know perspectives and so we receive these stories differently even if we've heard them many times and then we've actually told each other some stories we never have shared before and so um I too was baptized numerous times I think four at least. That's awesome. And, and I wasn't baptized as an infant, so really? there you there you go. Oh I goodness. wasn't. No. Wow. <laughs> and uh, and I remember, you know, I was um, in a, a certain denomination, and so I I was baptized, you know, in that um, denomination, or you know, as part of that church, and uh, and several different churches within the same denomination. I guess is what I'm saying, but. You know, there was a, a kind of a standard or usual way when you came up, you know, be buried with him in baptism, and then you're coming out, arise. And generally it was to new life or to newness of life. But this one time, and the, the time that I I feel like was really, I was just choosing it. Like, I wanted everything that that represented so much. and uh, But it was said differently. And it was said, arise to the mystery of life. And I remember, I mean, that still kind of makes me catch my breath when I say it now. Because I remember, like, you're coming out of the water, your ears are kind of full, but you're, you know, I was just really, I wanted to hear. I didn't want to miss anything. And uh, and that just arising to the mystery of life, like, I just remember sitting outside later in that day and just like, I just got invited to the mystery of life. Like, I didn't even know what that meant, but I knew I wanted to know. And um, so I think I've just been just really pondering that a lot over the past uh, few weeks. I think it really kind of started after the last podcast because we weren't going to do one last week. And I was like, oh, but I have one. So I saved it. But <laughs> I just thinking about that arising, being revived to the mystery of life. And I think we think of revival so much as returning to something that's already happened. Like, so what happened there? How do we re- cover that as opposed to being revived to the mystery of life, like awakened to the mystery of life and what he wants to do right now. And uh, so much of that is resonating just as we're in the month of Savan. And, um, you know, there's usually just a different perspective as we're seeing what's, what's the chapter, you know, the month is a chapter, what's the chapter we're in. And um, different things are highlighted, they're deepened, or they're just um, pierced deeper in. And uh, so for me, this time, it's really been so much about the tribe. 
of Zebulun and how that they were placed in a certain land, they were given a certain land, um, but it looked different than some of the other tribes around them. And so they couldn't see how they could possibly be fruitful there. So they set about to find fruit in other places. And they were so generous that they shared anything that they found with Issachar so that Issachar, that tribe would be fed and they could pursue the Torah and and their call, you know, the inheritance they were given. And so there's this this moment in the book of Joshua, and uh, this is in Joshua 18, and uh, everybody has assembled. And so all the tribes have assembled together, and they've set up the tent of meeting there. And uh, and there's an interesting phraseology here, or way that it's said. So they're all gathered at the tent of meeting after the land had been subdued before them. So, you know, we talk a lot about not by our sword or our bow or any of the things we've done, but what has already been prepared. And so here's this testimony of that. The land was subdued before them. So they're just getting to look at this subdued land. And what does subdued mean? Well, we look at it a lot in the terms of, of the priesthood and being kings and priests and prophets and all those things that we are, um, because from Genesis, you know, there's this invitation to subdue the land. And uh, so that begins in Genesis. And then in Joshua, here they already are at this promise with a subdued land. And subdued doesn't mean um, conquered. It doesn't mean controlled. It means known. So when it is said that like the kings would subdue the land, it didn't mean that they would take control of it and manage it. It meant they would know it. They would know the land and everything that was within it. And so they would know mankind. They would know creation. And so the people are gathered and they're being reminded that God knows everything in this land. Like He knows everything sown in, everything that is yet seed, everything that is coming to harvest. He knows this land. He sees it. He knows it. And He knows how good it is. And it's just laid before them. And so they're gathered. And and Joshua says, because it says there still remained. So this means there's a length of time. There still remained um, among the people. There were seven tribes that had not yet received their inheritance. This didn't mean they had not been given their inheritance. It means they had not received it. So that's the largest portion of the tribes had not yet received their inheritance. And Zebulun was one of those. And so uh, Joshua says to them, How long will you delay going in to take possession of the land which Adonai, the God of your ancestors, has given you? And then he gives them the instructions and he's he says to take you know, a certain amount of men, three men for each tribe, and he's going to commission them. And they're each going to look at this land according to their inheritance. And I love that because that means out of these three people, these three men from each tribe, they're each going to see a different aspect of the inheritance. And they're going to be able to draw each other into the fullness of the inheritance. So 
Josh was like, how long? And, and one of the, um, in the, from the root words, he says, how long will you slack? How long will you be idle? How long will you be withdrawn? How long will you abandon or forsake what's been given to you? You know, so this is more than just, hey, cross the threshold. He's like, are you going to forsake your inheritance? Are you going to abandon it? And um, so then he's like, you know, how long will you wait to possess or to truly come into the fullness of inheritance? And then there's another description of that word, which in Hebrew is yarash, which is be the heir of. So how long will you wait to be the heir of this kingdom, of what you've been given? And uh, so, and then even just that word given means appointed, set apart, consecrated for. So this this land has been so prepared for them. And I don't know, when I when I think of Joshua's question, I just think of, of Papa in the garden and, you know, Adam and Eve are hiding. And, and he says to Adam, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago too, but he says, where, where are you? Where were you? Like, why weren't you with me? And, um, there's a moment where Job and the Lord have the same conversation. And, you know, this is an entire dialogue. One of my favorite portions of scripture ever, you know, where were you when this was happening, when this was happening and that kind of thing. But then Papa transitions in some of the questions he's saying to Job, and he says, have you? So he's been saying, where were you, you know? And so basically he's reconciling Job to himself because he's saying, why weren't you with me? Because Job is coming with all these questions, and I think Adam had questions, and I think the tribe had questions, which was, we don't understand, you know, we don't understand. Job, for sure, was like, I don't understand why the world is the way it is. I don't understand all these things that are happening. I don't understand. And so Papa is basically like, because you're not with me. Like, where were you? Where did you go that you tried to figure this all out on your own? You know, and that was the same with Adam. Adam hid because he and Eve tried for the first time something without God. And so God's reconciling, why weren't you with me? Like, you would have already had all the understanding that you needed. And so it's, you know, in in God's dialogue with Job, he's not saying, you are so um, insignificant, you couldn't possibly understand these things. He's actually saying, I have understanding for you of these things. And... And I think Joshua was, was saying very much the same thing. You'll never understand the fullness of what he's given you until you explore the mystery of this life, until you explore the mystery of it, what's been given to you. So along with where were you, it's generally followed from the Lord by have you accessed? Have you yet accessed what I've given you? And remembering that Zebulun really thought they were left without provision and that they needed to go gather that for themselves. And when they did occupy the land, when they went in and they each saw the inheritance, and and I just love that it's three, such a beauty to that. It's like, find out what Papa's already given. See how there's a rescue in it. 
just like rescue was so sewn into Jesus and discover how to navigate it and explore and use it and apply it. And um, so the word so often used, um, you know, even translates back to root words in what Joshua was saying and what God was saying to Job is, have you accessed the storehouses? Have you opened the door? Have you even accessed it? And storehouse is such a powerful word. Um, and I think it said al star, but that's the Hebrew word. So, um, but it means treasure, and that can be gold, silver, that kind of thing, what we would think of more um, monetary or wealth kind of things. But it also means supplies of food and drink. So, your needs, your most basic need is in the storehouse. And then it was, for sure, the the weapons, those things needed, we're told uh, in Job and in Psalms about the storehouses laden with ice and snow for times of war. And I think what we can see in, um, in Job's story, even in Adam's story, and the tribe's story, and in our own, is that this isn't just saying to us, there'll be times of war. You know, because now Adam, he's at war with himself. The enemy's entered and he's come into this agreement with the enemy. And now Adam's at war with himself. Job was very much at war with himself. And the tribes were essentially too, like the battles had been fought already. The land had been subdued, but they were at war with themselves. Like what their understanding was, what this looked like. Did it look different? You know, all these things that we can struggle with ourselves. And so that highlight of the snow, the hail, all these things on the storehouses is not, hey, there's going to be war, there's going to be strife, there's going to be trouble. It's, I've already provided for it. You know what? I've already subdued this war. I've already subdued this battle. I already know everything about it. And because of that, I've been able to give you everything you need for it. And so one of the meanings of storehouse is abundance. Like I've already given you the fullness that you need for this part of the story. And I think we can kind of do that too. We can come with the, why is it like this? And we present the questions which he loves for us to approach him with, but we don't always let him open the door of the answer with, yeah, this isn't, this isn't my heart. This isn't uh, the fullness of promise, and there won't be fullness of promise until you occupy the land. And part of how you occupy it is to access everything I've given you for it. And a lot of times we keep waiting uh, for Him to come and do instead of for Him to reveal. You know, and I was thinking about that with a snowflake because, you know, it's it's warm. So snowflakes are a pleasant thought right now. <laughs> but how, you know, and I don't understand all the science of it, but but I do know that when, when water crystallizes and it becomes a snowflake or it becomes crystallized in that way, that it actually, the reason it's so unique is it's revealing the molecules that are in the water. So it's revealing something hidden, and it becomes this pattern so you can see the fullness of this story. And I don't know that we're in this day when we, just like Job, you know, just like Adam, any time 
something is happening in the world that can cause us to go to war with each other, to battle each other, but also battle ourselves and and who he really is to us and who we really are to him. Those storehouses are waiting us. There's an abundance to walk us through that, to reveal things to us, to um, help us, to guide us, and to navigate us, and to bring us into the mystery of life, which is not that we are um, occupants as much as participants. Like, that's what occupying the land meant, like, participate fully, be completely within this place and find everything there is to find in it before you start drawing a conclusion that you don't have enough or there's not um you haven't been given fully to or you haven't been fully provided for because most often when that feeling of lack or that impoverished place comes it's because we're looking at a land of someone else or one that we haven't even been drawn to the threshold of yet because he still has things for us to discover the mystery of life of that land that he appointed, that he consecrated for us, that he subdued for us. And we can definitely end up in comparison, but more than anything, we we lose the mystery of life and we find the mundane of every day. And it doesn't become mystery. There's not mystery anymore, so we lose wonder, we lose delight, and we lose awe. And we miss what He's already provided that ends up being so abundant that we couldn't have even imagined what all we would do in that land. And I don't know if this will connect with anyone, but I was walking this morning and as I got in the car and head over to feed the horses I I was just thinking because I'd met somebody uh, on the road and they were talking about allergies and and just I know they've been really bad this year and I know there's a very practical sense of allergies you know part of our part of us can't pay the bill you know that is being sent to us so the bill is sent to another part of our body and so we're trying to pay it and this is how it's manifesting but in the spiritual side I just started wondering uh, because there is such strife there is what feels like war around us and I also know that the allergies this season have been you know you could call it abundant almost (laughs) you know like so so just full throttle and uh, I don't have a full knowing of that because I I haven't really ever struggled with allergies thankfully but many people that I love and know do and so I just was really thinking about that are allergies more prevalent in seasons when we aren't occupying the land when the Lord is saying to us where where are you like you wanted to understand something, so you went to all these other sources to try to figure it out for yourself instead of talking with me about it. And have you accessed the true abundance, the storehouse that has all these things in it for you for these times? And I think the greatest things of abundance in the storehouse in times, like what we live in right now, is understanding, like the very thing 
everyone was, you know, Adam, you know, that's what the enemy promised was you'll have greater understanding. And Job was looking for understanding and the, the tribes were the same. And he's, he's saying, I actually want you to understand, but I want you to understand how I feel, not just what I know, but how I feel about it and how I feel about this person or this people group or this nation or this body of people or this part of creation. I actually want you to understand in the fullest way you can. And if we aren't occupying what's already been given and we're looking to the next thing we can make happen or the thing somebody else has happening or the thing that has happened, we're not occupying. And are we reacting to our attempts to take hold of something that's not for us instead of abiding with Him in that which is for us? So might just be something to pray. Absolutely. And yay. Yeah, and I think uh, just a picture of that can be too is um, doing the same thing over and over isn't the same as occupying. And I think there's times where we we try to reenact things or commemorate things instead of letting occupation be about the mystery for that day. So worship is one I think of a lot where something incredible happens in worship. Like we've been having these really amazing, amazing just experiences, encounters. You know, I don't know what all words to put with it. Um, at Two Gather doing worship, the the Blue Army has just been really, I think, accessing storehouses for these times and drawing us to what's true and real and away from that which distracts us and discourages us to what really is meant to delight and draw us near. And so it'd be so easy to be, you know, after week one where something really significant happens, be like, okay, do that exact thing again. You know, so, well, the drums were really loud or, oh, it was this certain song or, well, there was a long pause at the beginning and you try to start kind of negotiating um, your way in instead of being navigated. And so we can do the same thing over and over to try to, ultimately we're trying to recreate the same thing instead of embracing the mystery of what could be that day. And so it's it's not even about occupying isn't about being repetitive. It's about being responsive. So if he says, you know, hold your hands up, hold your hands up. And if the next time he's, he's like, would you go on your knees? <laughs> you know, you do that, whatever it is. And those are just worship positions. But there's it's more even about just the posture of our heart. But um, to be responsive is is greater than to be repetitive. Absolutely. Yeah, our greatest hits are when we've yielded and He gets to speak through us. He gets to express through us. And um, you can't recreate that except by yielding again. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. Hallelujah. Yeah, just yield again and then you're willing for it to look exactly what the mystery is to gain the understanding of the mystery of that moment, of that that day. Glory. Yeah. Well, we've enjoyed 
I'm just say chatting with you. It feels like we're chatting with each other, oh, but, yeah, but we're talking to you too. It's a chat. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we will definitely be back next week. And uh, we're just, we're very, we're revived, you know? We're not waiting for revival. We are revived. And, and I think the greatest thing is we are revived to what he has right now, today. And tomorrow we get to be revived to what he has in that today. <laughs> and uh, so we are getting very excited about August Rush and Immersion and all our, our summer things. But we, uh, we can't wait to share it with you all. Yes. It won't be long. It won't be long. We love you lots. Bye.